This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to This Day in History, a podcast dedicated to examining history from a standpoint of determining which event on any given day had the greatest impact on our lives. Now your host, Tony Hubert and Armand Kachigian. Hey, history fans, welcome in. It's This Day in History on lineupmedia.fm, home to over 40 different podcasts and more to come. Uh, We've got sports for you. We've got, of course, history for you. We've got things to make you think. Just a little bit of everything, all yeah. waiting for you at lineupmedia.com. This program is brought to you by Amazon.com and Audible.com. I assume you missed my appearance on Surreal Talk this weekend. I heard you were on Surreal Talk right, this weekend. We shall you chat. You didn't lend an ear. We shall, I have not had a chance to listen to the episode uh, yet. But more I, excuses. Usually I do. Today, we so, discussed the Titanic and J.P. Morgan's. Hmm. He had a part in that sinking, we think. Mm, put it to the bottom intentionally, methinks, did he? Methinks the banker doth protest it too much. Uh-huh. Was an insurance claim filed? That's not why. Oh. Apparently, Astor and some of these other, a couple other guys, Izzy, uh, what's his name? Izzy uh, Mendelbaum. Izzy Strauss. No, oh. Izzy Strauss, and uh, who else was in there? Anyway, they were completely anti-Federal Reserve. Sure. And that's good enough to sink a ship. Now- it's funny because that's 1912. In 1913, the that's, Federal Reserve would be formed. Yeah, that's right. There's the no creature from Jekyll Island. And apparently 40 or 50 other high-powered banking types who are supposed to be on that ship uh, at the last minute somehow didn't make it. Interesting. So, yes. Well, consult the show. Well, SurrealTalk.com. Check it out. The latest episode of SurrealTalk.com featuring our own Armand Kachigian, yes. my co-host you here. Fancy yourself a Titanic fancier? I, I do. I, li- I like the history of the ship. And then again, it could have been the Loch Ness monster. The intrigue too. that surrounded it. Uh, my name's Tony Hubert, your host. And September the fifth, folks. Wow, a lot of cool history to get to today. We got to fire through a lot of things here. Well, and starting yeah, with a fire. That's ap- apropos, 1666. The Great Fire and of I've London. I've got one 1661. Well, I just said 1666. Well, you're too late. D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Yeah, I heard. The, 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 yeah, the Musketeers. Well, yeah, but this is, you know, this, this his depiction in the Musketeers isn't quite accurate. He, he was a Musketeer, of course. But this Fouquet guy is uh, one of uh, uh, Louis XIII's, uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I would just say that... Uh, he he was uh, not not a real popular figure apparently. I didn't know. Uh, well, if a name like Fouquet, I can't. I, I like it. I like that name. Anyway, I guess hey, D'Artagnan, Fouquet. Fouquet. D'Artagnan Fouquet. guarded him. To I guess it was Louis the Fourteenth though. It would have been Louis the Fourteenth, of course. Right. Sun sure. King. Let's see. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it was Louis the Fourteenth. So anyway, Man in the Iron Mask was Louis the Fourteenth. Mm-hmm. In fact, this Fouquet is uh, um, portrayed by uh, Joseph Schulkraut. In the uh, movie Man in the Iron Mask with Louis Hayward, 19, when did that come out? 39, I guess. Have you seen it? No. no. Warren William was D'Artagnan? No, not that one. Arrested and not, was he? Huh, yeah, he was okay. arrested and he spent the rest of his life in jail. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, he was trying to take over for uh, Cardinal Mazarin, yeah. who was a... Uh, oh, those French cardinals, they sure got their noses yeah, in he, well, the stuff. He tried to be the they? next Richelieu and it yeah. didn't work out. All right. So well, anyway, there you have it, Nicholas Fouquet. Yeah, Frenchman. Who cares? Yeah, we're gonna get back to the Consult, French today. Yeah. They helped us a lot Consult on this date, the, by the way. The Dumas novels. Now to 1666 and the Great Fire of London on September 5th. Well, the, it ended. Uh, it, the yeah, fire it's ends. been raging for a while. So 10,000 buildings burned, including the old St. Paul's Cathedral, all destroyed. Here's the stat that, to me, is simply unbelievable. Armand, I don't believe it. Well, I think it's true. Only six people are known to have died yeah. from the Great Fire of London. Six? Well, it was. I think it was preventable. The more I read about it, it was, what's his name? The, uh, the mayor, uh, Bloodworth, Thomas Bloodworth, I believe his name was. 
uh, Lord Mayor of London. This guy apparently was just kind of a yes-man stooge, and uh, he didn't know what to do because apparently they have these hooks that were supposed to bring down buildings for yeah. these fires, and that's how you stop them. Well, this guy said, listen, I don't want to do that because I might have to pay for them. So let it burn. He didn't want responsibility, apparently, because he was afraid he'd be responsible for paying for these buildings, which he might have been. But anyway, he was... I'm going, to, I'm going to read up on that guy. Uh, Alexander Pope didn't have a, I mean, a, not Pope, uh, Peeps, Samuel Peeps, didn't have a real high opinion of him, apparently. Why is, it, an ignoramus that, why is it that a fire often just sort of catapults a city? Well, in this town, I mean, it was there was a couple of years of drought, and mm-hmm. uh, every, I mean, this, the parchment and everything was, it was ripe for, uh, I think I believe it started in uh, Pudding Lane at a bakery. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that's, you know, uh, that's what uh, the uh, usual histo- look, historiography I mean, look what the, of look this what the is. fire did for London. <laughs> what did it do? Well, it cleaned up massive amounts of real estate, and they built a better city. Same oh, thing happened for Chicago. What, are you a Keynesian? Okay. Well, so this, in other words, that yeah, that's see, that's uh, seen and unseen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this flood in Houston. It's great. They're going to have to rebuild, right? They're going to be paying for these cars. They're all, you know, clunkers, Did you hear this stat? One out of every seven cars in Texas was underwater. Yeah. Isn't that good news? You can have to buy new cars now. That's great for the, the auto industry, right? And the building industry and Lowe's and Home Depot. You going to support the bailout of this? Of course. But here's the thing. They want a clean bill. I don't want them to put that bill through that, yeah, we have a, we have a bailout, but we have to extend the uh, ceiling. <laughs> Hell with that. You want to give them $8 billion? Give them $8 billion. That's why uh, you know. That's why a lot of people vote against that uh, Super Storm, Storm Sandy bill because there's all kinds of pork in it. Oh, they yeah, they loaded the thing up. Right. Yeah. Well, never let a what is it? Never let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Well, who's that? Emmanuel. You're gonna have. You, we may have another one this coming weekend. Irma. That's ah, gonna miss us. Hopefully, gonna hit Cuba. Hopefully. Well, not hopefully it hits Cuba. Hopefully it <laughs> peters out. I don't want it hitting Cuba. A lot of beachfront property there I got my eye on. Oh, jeez. All right. 16, you may go. 1698 in an attempt to oh, westernize yeah. his nobility. Oh, right, right. Peter I, czar of Russia, in his infinite wisdom, decides to impose a new kind of tax. Now, the tax is only applicable to men or well certain uh, women who— Yeah, I, I've dated a couple that this might be applicable to. And uh, Only briefly. The exemptions are only— Clergical members because of Eastern Orthodoxy okay. and the peasantry. Because they don't have any money. Peter the First. Yeah, that's the real. Well, of course. <laughs> no money. Yeah, they can't pay it. <laughs> Peter the First imposes a tax on beards. Hmm. Next, it's going to be Merkins, I guess. <laughs> Cod pieces. All right. It's, we know government oh, run Peter. amok again. You oh, know? Peter. Well, what are you thinking? Well, wait, wait a minute. I had something about, I was going to talk about Louis Fourteenth. What was I going to talk? Oh, uh, we were, I was going to talk about the War of the Grand Alliance. You missed another one. No, I didn't. 1697. Why'd you omit the, you, you, this stupid tax on beards you put in? It's fun. The Treaty of Ricewick. Look, the, ends, uh, a, a French warship getting nailed by a whole fleet of. Yeah, uh, but it was the war itself. And this is, this is, well, this is more folly. You know, Peter the Great taxing beards. Louis the Fourteenth getting rid of Fouquet and then going on, you know, on some kind of crazy more war. He fought what? He fought the Dutch. He fought everybody in this war. War of the League yes. of Augsburg. Yeah. Um, and then he fought uh, the War of the Spanish Succession. And That's then right. a couple other ones in between, a little minor skirmishes. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of Louis the Fourteenth. But what did he say? Well, actually, it's his birthday, isn't it? That's why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. It okay. is his birthday. Well, bringing up his folly. L'état, c'est moi. L'état, c'est moi. Yes. I am the state. Hmm. Right, well, on his birthday, I guess we'll hmm. get to him. I am the state. Yes. That's something I could hear you saying. I am the stud. Uh, well, Les I, stud, no, 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 c'est a, moi. Yeah. 1774? Yeah, I should say I'm... I, I should, I, I don't have, I'm not going to get my beard taxed because I'm like a member of the clergy lately. Yeah, yeah. You're celibate. An oath of celibacy taken by women. Not me. No, towards you. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I've seen them. They were passing the petition around uh, town the other day. I saw it. signatures there. There were some guys who even signed it. Uh, 1774, <laughs> the first Continental Congress. They uh, yeah. decided to hold the little shindig, get yeah. together in Philadelphia. Accomplished very little. Yeah. 
Who was the president of that first Continental Congress? Wasn't it uh, 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 Charles uh, Hansen? Charles Hans, because I've heard that name mentioned before. Yeah, some people call him the first president. The actual first president of the United well, States. of course, bullshit. But I guess it would have been Charles Hansen, right? No. Well, take a look. All right. Well, you talk about that. Uh, what else we got here? French National Convention initiates the reign of terror in 1793. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Robespierre and our boys. <laughs> How do you initiate a reign of terror? Do you, do you make an announcement? And now... Yeah. From this moment forward, well, first you gather we shall up. have terror. Yeah, well, you gather up all the uh, aristocracy and uh, put them in uh, tumbrils <laughs> and roll them to the guillotine while people knit, you know. And then, yeah, uh, just yeah, women out there making Charles Dickens writes yeah. a novel about it. What was her name? Uh, Madame Lafarge. Yeah. Just sitting there doing her knitting. and Yeah. Knit one, pearl two. Yeah. Off Chop your three. head. <laughs> Chop yeah. three. I think that was the order. Remember that in the movie? That's a good joke, dude. <laughs> and then one gal blasted aristocrats. I missed a stitch. <laughs> so anyway, that was, that was a great movie. 18 Ronald Coleman. Uh, Ronald Coleman? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. It's a far, far better thing I do than I have ever done before. Right? Yeah. Is that that's Ronald right. Coleman? That's Ronald. 1836, uh, Texas is a nation, the Republic of Texas. Who did they elect as their first president? Sam Houston. Yeah. Now, he was... Uh, wasn't he governor of Tennessee, too? Doesn't he have that distinction of being the only does. I think governor does. of two states? I think he's the only guy that... Well, no, not a governor of two states. Well, I think it was governor, too. Wasn't he the first governor? Let's see old Pretty Sam sure here. That. Or am I thinking of Austin? Stephen Austin. I think Sam Houston, Austin. Um, and there's that, then there's that other trivia question. The only senator from three states... The guy was from, I think it was Missouri, Illinois, and Minnesota. Who's that guy? That's a great trivia question. Yeah, so he won. Uh, Sam Houston won the governorship of uh, Tennessee in uh, 1827. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, but he, re- he, uh, yeah, he resigned he, went he, back to Texas. He, he, yeah, because uh, rumors of alcoholism and infidelity were nah. were plaguing him. Oh, that's that's nonsense. Yeah. Just like Louis XIV. He, he, he didn't have any mistresses. No, no none, none. 1877. Crazy Horse. You familiar with old Crazy Horse? Yeah, did they finish that statue of him? I guess they No, did. I don't think that'll no? ever be finished. Oh, okay. That thing is bigger bigger than Mount Rushmore I know, by a I don't know, 180 feet tall or something. I don't know how yes, tall that significant thing is. factor. But uh, Crazy Horse, the Sioux chief. This yeah, is here the- he is. James Shields. Okay. Only senator to... Uh, only senator to represent three different states. Wow. That's a great trivia question. That is great. I Can you name the it. word of the states? Yeah, I told you. I think it was Illinois, Missouri, and Minnesota, I believe. I just kind of worked his way. Uh, I don't know what order. Through the Midwest, yeah. So, crazy horse. his own little reign of terror there. On this date, I mean, a legend. As portrayed by Anthony Quinn, and they died with their boots yes, on. Yes, yes, indeed. He's, he's bayoneted. By a United States soldier. Well, yeah, yeah. What they say? What was that? Probably he was trying to escape or something. Well, wasn't he on a? Wasn't he on a? He's, uh, he's some at, sort of government, not he, a reservation. No, like he's at a fort. A fort. Yeah. He's at Fort, fort Sill. What was it? Robinson fort, in Nebraska. Fort Robinson. Okay, I don't know that one. So he's actually, you know, he's confined at a guardhouse there. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's and under he, arrest, and he gets know. bayoneted by by a soldier. Uh, Could the, the same guy that killed uh, John Wilkes Booth. Oh, the, I'm telling you. The, I've read one really good book about Crazy Horse. It's called The Killing of Crazy Horse by Thomas Powers. And it's probably does it have anything to do with his death? Yeah, it does. Uh, quite a bit, in fact. It's about <laughs> seven, eight years old. Um, definitely check that one out. joke with you. Amazon.com or audible.com. Just go to thisdayinhistorypodcast.com. Click on either the Amazon banner. Isn't it uh, The Killing of Crazy Horse by the uh, coward no. in the cavalry? No. We'll get that, to that. That book let... you're always espousing? No, it's not a book. It's a film. <laughs> Well, this should have been a film too. Uh, watch, watch the watch. They died with their boots on. Yeah, for a completely fictionalized account. So, so check that out. Just by going through our website, click on the Amazon banner or the or the Audible banner. That was, by the way, the last Errol Flynn uh, Olivia to have one oh, movie. Yeah? Technically, I mean, wow. they they did make uh, Thank Your Lucky Stars together, but they weren't in any scenes together, and that was like one of those wartime extravaganzas. But uh, the scene where you know Custer's going to go off to fight the battle—that's a really great scene. Because she knows, you know, he. They both know he's going to die, and it's really. Have you seen it? No. Oh shit! It's a great no, scene. I'd love to see and, it. And it was interesting. It was very poignant uh, because Errol Flynn and Olivia knew it was probably their last film because she was getting sick of this crap. Yeah. And uh, she's going to 
go tell Jack Warner to go suck an egg. <laughs> so, yeah, Jack Warner, suck an egg. Uh, 1882, Hotspur FC is founded in North uh, London. I knew you'd include this bullshit. Yep. Ta- stupid no, thing. what do you mean? Tottenham Hotspur, it's my team. My guys. All right. Legendary Hotspur. entertainers. Now, is his named after Hotspur? Harry Hotspur. Harry Hotspur? Who's yeah. he? Well, look him up. I thought it was, uh, who's the Hots- uh Owen Glenauer. Mm, yeah, no, that think, Hotspur. Yeah. I think Harry Hotspur takes his name from that guy. Oh. So it's like, well, then. it's like being a first cousin once removed. But they finished second in the league last year, Armand. <laughs> They're in Champions League this year. First winners of the double in the 20th century. Do those guys ever not play? I mean, it no, seems like they play it's round. all the And time. if they're not playing in their league, they're You're, playing in some stupid. Oh, yes. I'm, I got the wrong. That's not Owen Glenn. It's Henry Percy. Yeah. Hotspur. It's all. Earl of Northumberland. Yeah, it's all It's all Jeez. year round. The league lasts nine months, which is long for a league. Like hockey. Yeah. It's getting to be about time, isn't it? It's about 30 days away. Jesus. 30 days away. God. Give or take. 1906. Now, here's a great sports moment in American history. Wait a minute. How about 1905? You forgot the Treaty of Portsmouth. Did I? Yeah, for which Teddy Roosevelt wins a, a Nobel Peace Prize. He's not even there. Uh, so anyway, but this ends the Japanese, Russo-Japanese War. Not, none too soon for the Russians. Boy, the Japanese kicked the shit out of them. And they had to do that in New Hampshire? Teddy must not felt like yeah, traveling. It was a, yeah, it was in no, Maine. It's in Maine, isn't it? Kitty, Maine. Isn't I it? say it right here. Treaty of Portsmouth. Yeah, it? but it's not New Hampshire. The the, the actual the actual. Uh, I don't think that's where it's at. Portsmouth Treaty. Uh, yeah, it's a Port, Portsmouth Naval Shipyard in Kitty Ma- Kittery, Maine. Kittery, Maine. I don't know what the hell you're talking is. about? Yeah, yeah. I see it now. Right. I don't know what source you're using, but anyway, uh, but the Battle of Tsushima which is probably one of the most significant naval battles since Trafalgar, it's been called. Yeah. It's, it's actually the only ironclad, bat, between, big major battle between ironclad ships. Where the actual battleships lined up and yeah, just Well, said, all that, and one and the losers actually gave up yeah. and surrendered. And, you know, most of them, like Jutland, had more ships, but uh, there was nobody, you know, they both pushed out and went home without even fighting, really. So that that was indecisive. Probably not a bad idea, no, I hate that. If you have uh, a war, do it right. Well, uh, you don't like war, though. Remember that Star Trek where they had the war with the computers? Ugh. I mean, We're going to have a war a cool... with computers soon if Zuckerberg keeps screwing around. What's he up to? You know, they had to shut the AI off. Why? Because it developed its own language and started talking to itself. Cool. Yeah, except they don't know what it's saying. Well, good. No. <laughs> I think it's good. No. As long as it doesn't tell my robot not to go to bed with me. That would be a tragedy. All right, I'm just kidding. I can't afford a robot. Yeah, you're right. Go to Westworld. 1906, great day in American sports history. (laughs) First, legal, and I stress the word legal, forward pass is thrown in American football by none other than Bradbury Robinson. Never heard of him. Of St. Louis University. They don't even have a friggin' team anymore. They don't haven't had a team. I checked Armand since 1947. I don't know. What's the matter, matter with the Jesuits? But, but in 1906, they throw the first forward pass that's legal and completed in a game. Uh, so it's completely legal. Well, yeah. Now, there were some weird rules. Like if you threw a pass and no one touched it and it just dropped, yeah. it was a turnover. Other team would get the ball. I like ball. that. I like that rule. There was a whole bunch of – now, they had been playing with the forward pass for years trying to figure out how to incorporate it into the game. That's yeah. why I stress the word legal. It's codified into the rules of football, and St. Louis University is playing Carroll College. Yeah, I think that's up in uh, – Of Wisconsin. I know, but it's in uh, Waukesha, isn't it? Okay. Waukesha? All right. Yeah, I think I drove by there once. And not a, as opposed to John Carroll College, which is in Cleveland. Yeah, that's that's in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London Fletcher Didn't went they to John a... Carroll College, by the way. Yeah, uh, where's Union? Don't they? Do they still have the record? Mm. Union College is that Ohio? I think so. They have so. like the like I don't know how many games in a row they won. Yeah, Augustana. Augustana was on a win streak too, but I think Union's got them. Yeah, because Augustana had won like three national championships in not a row. Enough. At one point. These guys won. Yeah, these guys were on a tear. Anyway. Robinson completes the pass to Jack Snyder. St. Louis University wins 22 to nothing. And this is recognized as the first forward pass legal in football history. 
That's shocking to me. Yeah. Well, it's a good trivia question. Now, here's one for you. In 112 the... games, man. Wow. Damn. There you go. 19... I don't care that you're a lower division. And they lost to John Carroll. How about that? What a, what a coincidence. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> 1921, this is just for you, Armand. This is right up your alley. Yeah. I think you – did you mention this on Surreal Talk? Oh, of course. Okay. We talked about That's this what I thought. At, at length. Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Virginia Rappé. has a big party up in San Francisco. Yep, it was how Labor you, Day. Yep. How, do you, how do you end a party that just is going to go on and on? You well, it jam, is. Uh, yeah, you jam a uh, tomato jar up some woman's uh, exterior. Oh, well, her, uh, God. What do you want to call it, vulva? No. Uh, he didn't do it. I mean, this is all bullshit. The guy was, they had like three, he had three separate uh, um, trials. The first two, he was not guilty. And the third one was like, I don't know. The guy just kept going after him because the San Francisco prosecutor wanted to get the guy. He yeah. had really had a hard-on for this right. poor guy. And uh, I think you remember he changed his name to writing scripts under Will Be Good? Will Be Good. <laughs> no, I think it's Will Be Good Rich. I think Will that was Will Be his Good name. Rich. Yeah, wow. that was his name. Yeah, but that's the only way you get to work, the poor guy. So the big party ends, of course, as Armand yeah. said, with the death of— He goes into another room. Virginia Rappé. Right. They, they all go up to the San Francisco area for this hotel for uh, Labor Day. Big, mm-hmm. big, you know— big shebang up there and apparently according to some people he goes in the other room walks out a few about an hour later where they can't take it laughing you know and of course he's like 280 pounds and this diminutive gal who apparently had had already had several abortions uh she was a very had a very checkered past Mm -hmm. had already apparently had some madam that was using her in a in a house of uh, ill repute so she deserved blackmail people she deserved to die is what you're saying no i'm just saying she was not you know, this pristine uh, flower, this shrinking violet, as she was portrayed. I don't think he did it. Buster Keaton knew him real well, said there's no way. He wasn't a rough kind of guy with sex. Yeah. How would now, Buster me, know? I would have been a suspect. Oh. Because <sighs> uh, he did Buster. Oh, okay. 1927? And you know who named Buster Buster? No. Who? Harry Houdini. Oh. Yeah, his real name's Joe Keaton Jr. Oh, yeah, he fell down the stairs, and Houdini was his godfather. Said, wow, that was a buster. Mm. And it stuck. Mm. He was he was tragic too. But anyway, poor Fatty Arbuckle was never the same. He what couldn't a find great any work. Can we Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle? Fatty, he's funny. Arbuckle. Man. Go, uh, see, uh, I think it's called Coney Island. Name it's, just it, rolls right off the top. Oh yeah, he was. I think he was the highest paid. Uh, highest paid. Uh, every anybody, Morgan the comedian, anybody in Hollywood at this time. He was very popular. And those shorts he made with, uh, you know, those two reelers with Buster Keaton, one of them I think is called Coney Island. It's hilarious, man. He, he's funny. Oh, check that out, man. Yeah. Any, any Arbuckle. One more. Keaton to start. One more before we go to our birthdays. Walt Disney on this date. Uh, oh, yeah. Releases yeah. a film. It's produced by Walt, of course. Now it's released, Armand, by Universal. And this is the first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon. I've never seen any of these. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I I guess if you're a lucky rabbit, I guess that means what? You got laid? I don't know. Well, rabbit, it's it's assumed, right? I mean, come on. It's rabbit. What did they bring, like 26 of them to Australia? A couple years later, there's a billion of them or something? Did Lee Harvey just just kill that name dead, didn't he? Oswald the Lucky. Have you ever met an Oswald? Uh no no I'm trying to think if there's some Oswalds uh, who's the uh, even if even by last name I'm telling you who's the guy that uh, it is amazing when well, I'm you, trying to think of a famous guy whose name is Oswald besides him and that was his last name that was his surname right uh, what the hell is that guy that scientist uh, oh, I don't know the guy he was an explorer I think in Africa Spangler. Oswald Spangler. Yeah, what's that his name? I don't know. That's the only Oswald I can think of. No. We'll do some birthdays here. All right. I'll look it up. I think that was Now, name. as Armand mentioned, Louis the Fourteenth, King of France, born on this date in 1638. You know, and yeah, that's his name, Oswald Spengler, a uh, German historian and philosopher of history. I thought he was an explorer in Africa, too. Okay, anyway. Um, oh, yeah, he wrote The Decline of the West. There you go. I knew. I, I, yeah, I've read some of that. It's a good book. Um Oh, yeah, the interesting thing about James IV, 14, uh, Louis XIV we're talking about, you know, Anne of Austria, that no good cheat, she, you know, she had an affair with the uh, Duke of Buckingham. And uh, is, this, is this the one that we've created talked about the him. palace? 
No, no, no. Well, that, not this particular one. I, there were a lot of Buckinghams, but this yeah. guy, this was George Villiers, who was James II's favorite. Remember we were talking mm-hmm. about him? His favorite? Mm-hmm. His favorite? Yeah, yeah. They were, they were good buddies. And uh, anyway, he on the side, he had Anne of Austria, who was Louis XIII's wife. And, well, here you go. Read uh, The Three Musketeers. Yeah. Remember the Queen's Diamonds? Remember that uh, that part of the book? No. Anyway, she's supposed to show Richelieu had given her, uh, the king had given her diamonds, and yes. Richelieu stole a couple. Well, uh, she had given them to the Duke of Buckingham. Yeah. And Richelieu sent Milady to Winter to go steal a couple of them. They're diamond studs. Oh. And um, there was a big dinner, and she was supposed to uh, wear them. And, of course, they're missing. So, anyway, D'Artagnan's got to go to London, get the get the studs. Retrieve the... Right. And there's two missing, so the Duke of Buckingham has to have his jeweler make a couple of them. You know, consult the 1948 version with Lana Turner and uh, oh, Gene ooh, Kelly. Okay. But, uh, anyway, uh, the thing is, it's it's raining, and it's pouring out. This is, of course, this is nine months to the day before this. It's pouring out, and uh, he's going somewhere. I think he's visiting some convent in Nantes or something, you know. So, he's caught, he and his caravan are caught, you know in this downpour, there's really nowhere to go. He hasn't screwed uh, Anne in years, like 13 years. I didn't even talk to her, basically. Just sent her. She's staying in the Louvre. So a typical marriage. Yeah, a good marriage. And, and what I'm, you know, if I'm going to be married, that's what I'd like. So anyway, he says, what the hell? I'm going to go stay with her at the Louvre, you know, because i got nowhere else to go, and I'm not going to make it back home. And they haven't moved all the art in yet. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, at that time, it was not. Yeah, I.M. Pei had not designed the pyramid. Exactly. Yet. No pyramid out there in the courtyard. So anyway, apparently she was very cordial, and, and they'd already had four four stillbirths. Oh, or she oh. had. I mean, you know, oh. each, they were trying. Yeah. So it was kind of pretty much uh, assumed that there was going to be no offspring of Louis Thirteenth and Anne of Austria. Yeah. Well, miracle of miracles. Huh. Mirabile dictu. Yeah. Nine months later, Louis the Fourteenth. Here comes the sun. Right. So it is a miracle. There is a God. Yeah. 1847. Jesse James. There is no born. God. Because <laughs> this guy's a son of a bitch. I never, I he is, man. This Robin Hood of the Old West no, no, bullshit. No, no, that, 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 this You put it eloquently, and there's no other way around it. There's no Robin Hood here. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, you know, uh, man of the people. <laughs> there's no fighting Robin for the downtrodden. Sure. Yeah, man. This is a real SOB. Well, yeah, this that's what happens when you you know you have Tyrone Power play you in Technicolor, yeah. and Henry Fond is Frank. You know, you start thinking, hey, Frank may have had some redeeming qualities. Yeah, well, he, he, yeah, he eventually came around. Jesse, in today's medical parlance, had some type of mental illness. He was psychotic. I think. Yes, just Plus he wasn't that great of a strategist at Northfield, Minnesota. It was a fuck there, up from there, the beginning. There is no strategy. Yeah, that was really messed. Strategy up. is go out. Rob something, well, yeah, and then trains. everyone you rob it with, just go off them one by one. Yeah, I'm, I'm no fan of his. Remember, what, remember that Brady bunch where where Bobby got in trouble for writing a re- book report or whatever a report on Jesse James. Jesse James, he's that little stinker. You know, I don't like that word. Remember that? <laughs> That's all he said. You couldn't call him by a stinker. How about yeah. a cocksucker? Well, oh, sorry. All right, he's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we. we I don't know why. I thought you may, you had a point on this show not to glorify villain. I there. Well, you, you let's know, not give him another breath. Yeah. Okay. Jesse James, born eighteen from Missouri, so he's a good guy. Yeah. Eighteen seventy three, Cornelius Vanderbilt the third. Well, this guy, I don't know who he is. I mean, well, he's uh, Cornelius yeah. Vanderbilt III is who he is. I know, but he's nobody. I think he fought in the war. I think he was pretty, pretty American brave, general not, and an he engineer. Didn't make any money. He died in 1942. I think his dad left him much either. I don't think he liked him much. I think this is the one I think that the, the mother didn't like him. The Commodore was not really impressed. I think he married somebody that uh, they didn't approve of. I'm pretty sure. Something, something went wrong with this guy. Nate, he had to go fight in the war. That means, you know, he's a de facto black sheep. Yeah. 1874, Nate Lahoy. Wait a minute. Isn't it Nap La Joie? Nap La Joie. God. La Hoy. I don't know how to pronounce that. I never, French. I've heard it all different ways. Napoleon La Joie. But one of the great early, yeah. early ball players of all time and a manager born in 1874. Remember that? Uh, did they ever decide who won the batting title in 1910? Remember that? He and Ty Cobb hated Well, I don't know if they hated each other. No, they probably hated But everybody each other. hated Cobb. Yeah, that's so the that's some, the story. Some car manufacturer is going to give a, a car to the guy who won the batting title. Yeah. So I think it's the last day of the season, and Cobb's ahead by 
I think he's like 383 he's batting. This guy's like 376. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to sit the day out. Well, apparently this guy has a doubleheader and goes like eight for eight. And, and I think it was because like the third baseman was playing back and they just let him bunt for singles because they wanted Cobb to lose. So it got a little stinky. I think they both end up getting a car. Any, okay. any of this? Uh... So here's here's what the Indians website says. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, Cobb and, and La Joie. La Joie locked in the race for the AL title. Uh, the Chalmers Automobile Company pledged to give uh, one of its cars to the winner. Right. Um, early October, uh, thinking he's already got the car won. Cobb skipped the t- uh, Tigers' final two games to protect his average. Um, on the 9th of October, Lajoie and the Naps, as the Cleveland team is yeah, called at the Times, him, yeah. play a doubleheader in. Oh, geez. Who was it? Oh, man. Philadelphia? Nope. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to contend that this is incorrect. It says Sportsman's Park, St. Louis. Really? It's now, Sportsman's Park did not exist in 1910. Yeah. Now, it, maybe the previous field was renamed Sportsman's Park, but the stadium that most people know was not built until, I believe, 1920, 10 years later. However, it came against the St. Louis Browns. That much is true. Okay. Uh, Knapp comes up to the plate, notices the Browns uh, rookie uh, playing deep at third, looks over... Uh, uh, Sees that the manager told him to play back, saying that one of Nape's line drives might kill him. So, he bunted six times for six hits. Right, yeah. He also added a triple and an infield single, giving him eight hits and nine trips to the plate. His lone blemish. Yeah, I think he, I think he actually had a sack. They gave him a sacrifice or something. That was they score something. an error on the Browns shortstop Bobby Wallace, which in that day, depending – the scorekeeping is yeah well uh, yeah the scorekeeper helped him out too yeah. could, yes could vary um, so anyway but I think it ended up I still I think they're still trying to figure out how it ended up because they were like so, like I don't know so, several decimal places down you know so now in the book uh, by Charles Alexander on Ty Cobb Alexander the author says that the Browns coach Harry Howell had sent the team's bat boy uh, up to the official scorer Ev Parrish offering him a suit if he changed his call on Wallace to a hit. I'll take it. Parrish declines the offer. Oh. The next day, the unofficial, vest, unofficial batting averages in uh, different papers declared uh, LeJoie the winner by anywhere from one to three points. Yep. AL President Ban Johnson uh, summoned everyone together. Johnson later ruled that nothing dishonest had gone on, but uh, O'Connor and Howell were soon chased out of the major leagues. That's the manager again who sent the note. Um, the rookie uh, third baseman absolved of any wrongdoing. Oh, sure, of course, because you know. know. So the official like said, everybody hated Cobb. The Sporting News cleared the controversy by naming Cobb the winner with a batting average of three eight five oh six eight seven to Lajoie's three eight four oh nine four seven. Chalmers gave a car to each. Yeah, good idea. All right, I'll have to go out and. Price of Chalmers. See, see how they're how they're selling these days. Do they make driverless cars yet? Coming. Chalm- Chalmers. Uh, they make tr- a fine tractor. Nineteen o two. Daryl. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How about? Uh, oh, you're on nineteen o two. Yes. Well, Lajoie is nineteen ten, isn't he? No, he's eighteen seventy four. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the nineteen ten World Series. I said, right. oh, I got a little asterisk. There you go. Mention nineteen ten. Yeah, and I did. Okay. I just ran the whole thing down. For right. Me. All right. Nineteen oh two. Daryl F. Zanuck. Happy oh, birthday. What's Big the F Darryl? stand for? Francis. Francis. Yeah, he uh, he got his start at, over at Warner Brothers, and uh, guy, I'll tell you what, man, he he and Jack Warner didn't get along. I, although he kind of saved Warner Brothers, if you ask me. Rin Tin Tin was his idea. Um, that made him some box office. Yeah, and he worked for Max. Well, he started with Max Senedak. Plus, you didn't have to, to pay that dog that much. Well, yeah, and that was that was brilliant. And Jack Warner liked that. Plus, Sh- the dog didn't bitch about nope not being you know not getting good parts. And and, for, and, and I'm As saying this to James Cagney. I'm saying this on behalf of Armand. Dogs tend not to unionize. Yes, thank God. Yeah, good boy, <laughs> good doggy. So anyway, yeah, roll over and sit. And what do you say? Heal. I wish we could labor unions. Okay, anyway. 
uh, only man, and I think he'll be the only man ever to win three Irving Thalberg awards. That's because you uh, only win one now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know how the hell. Yeah, the Thalberg is now a one and done award. Yeah, not even not for a Sanic. Uh, he basically saved uh, 20th Century Fox though. When they were they ba- you know they kicked him out in the late 50s, said get get the hell out of here, and they started making uh, Cleopatra, which turned into a money pit. And had it you know had it not been for this guy, he went off on his own and made. Uh, he paid like a couple hundred grand or 175000 for The Longest Day. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought it was nuts. Yeah. Made that movie and saved 20th Century. It was a huge hit. Great movie, too. Saved uh, 20th Century Fox. So Daryl F. Zanuck and yeah. his son, Richard Zanuck. Now, this guy was a womanizer and a half, too. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? You got a Damn major right. studio behind and you. And a casting couch. Uh, 1929. Happy birthday, Bob Newhart. Well, how about uh, I got Jack Valenti. Okay, Jack Valenti. Great. 1921. Happy birthday, well, Jack. We yeah, but we owe the uh, rating system to this guy. Do you know what the original rating system was? Wasn't it? Uh, just, what were the, there, there were just two things, weren't there? Four. Four. There were G, four? M, R, and X. So G, general, mature. Well, actually, no, I'm wrong. I, no, that's G. I'm wrong. There's no R. G, G, P, M, and X. So G, general, general. Yeah, and then general persons. Persons. And then that was changed to PG. Yeah. And then the M eventually, which was mature, I guess, changed to R. Yeah. And X. Now we got NC-17 and all yeah. that. But the originals were G, G, P, M, and X. Nothing sells like R. It's one of the greatest things the movies have ever done. I like X. No, no. R. No, just, not triple X. Because as a teenager... You don't give a damn. You just want to see an R-rated film. Or back in the day. I don't know about teenagers today. I don't think it matters. I remember I went to go see Canterbury Tales. Yeah. And it was rated X. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't that steamy. but Because wow. I was, I just turned 17 and we were studying it in uh, English. Mm-hmm. Thought, I thought, well, see I, some porn. Yeah, let's go see an X-rated movie. It dude. was, kind of. There was a lot of tits, but you know, it yeah, wasn't great. Come on. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not the same. Yeah, uh, Bob Newhart, nineteen twenty nine. Happy yeah. birthday, Bob! I love the guy. Yeah, he's funny. You know who his best friend was? I don't know. Don Rickles. Oh, okay. Well, yep. he must be sad these days. Yeah, he is. He is. I love the Newhart shows. I love the first one in the seventies. I liked him on. Uh, well, did you see the when he when he roasted Don, Don Rickles? <sighs> it's pretty funny. Sensational. I don't think Don will take umbrage at this because Don doesn't know what umbrage means. <laughs> It's, it's pretty funny. 1936, Bill Mazeroski was born. Still the only player to end a World Series. On the seventh game. In the seventh game. Because I think Carter did it too, right? Yeah, Joe yeah. Carter did it in game six. Right, yeah. But Mazeroski did it in the bottom of the ninth, game seven, 1960, uh, against the Yankees. Who was the pitcher? Uh, I don't remember For, who the man, pitcher man, was. Damn it, I should know that. But he did it, Forbes Field. A series where the Yankees outscored the Pirates something fierce, but oh, yeah. the Pirates managed to hang around and. Well, uh, it's get... the only World Series where uh, the losing team had the most valuable Bobby player. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Richardson. Bobby Richardson, shortstop, right? No, that was Tony Kubek. That was Kubek. Yeah, he was uh, one who got hit in the throat. That that's game. right. Yeah, he did. Uh, Richardson was it? Was he? He was infielder. Now, now right? Forbes Field is. Yeah, he was. Forbes Field is gone, but the wall in left field is still there, so you can go oh. see where. Uh, <laughs> Mazeroski shot clears the uh, wall, which, by the way, also had Ivy on it. Don't think Wrigley Field is the only place to ever do that. Is the Ivy is there... still there? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've only, you know, I should go check that out. I'd like to see where old ballparks were. he was leading were. off, wasn't he? I think he was a leadoff man. Uh, in the bottom of the ninth? Yeah. He could have been. Ralph Terry. Damn it, I knew that. Oh, that's a good pitcher, too. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Uh, 1939, George Lazenby, the Australian actor, one-time Bond. Uh, you can be, you're actor. being a little generous model. with that. He's a model, model. Yeah. yes, model. But he did study with Bruce Lee, so you can oh, call him a martial artist, He's got too. that going for him. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, kind of a, I mean, kind of a dick to work with. I think it's, uh, it is, I think a myth that, you know, he and Diana Rigg, although they didn't get along real well, apparently, you know, that, that, she said she ate garlic before she kissed him and stuff. Just to piss. I don't think they're that. They hate each other that much. But that's a great movie. I like I like On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And for Your Eyes Only came on last night, and I, it was so late I couldn't oh, yeah, stay yeah. with it's not it. A bad one. Yeah. Uh, 1940. Raquel Welch. Oh, looking good. 77, man. Okay. Boy, in the 70s, it was hard to beat that. She's not bad right I mean, now. You took a look at the great women of the 70s. And Raquel, I know, well, it was also in the 60s. Well, it was 66. One million B.C.? One million, yeah. Yeah, that uh, was. But you had Welch. You had Linda Carter. She was, uh, remember, she was in the original, uh, 
The one where Dudley Moore is and makes it packed with the devil. Oh, bedazzled. Bedazzled, yeah. 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 She was yeah, that's what I'd be wishing for. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley reprised that role. Right, right. And she's Yeah, I'll take Raquel. Oh God. Again, Raquel, another one of my bitter disappointments, does a pictorial. Oh. Non nude. Hey, was that uh is that true when when she Yes. Johnny Carson about when you want to pet my pussy or something? No, no, no. That was uh, Is that an urban that legend? Was, no, that was Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda? I'm pretty sure that Welsh. was Jane Fonda. Jane no, I Fonda. thought what you're going to ask me if this is true was about Raquel and Jim Brown. Oh, well they made that movie together. They made uh, a, yeah, yeah, apparently that is true. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, he came out against these guys not kneeling for mm-hmm. the end. Man, he mm-hmm. came out big time yeah, on that well, one. J- Jim uh, James uh, or uh, Jim Brown, not James Brown. Jim Brown, uh, uh, that's a man of conviction. And he made a great move, leaving the NFL to go do films. Oh, smart. Oh, man. Well, he, you know, the thing is, he uh, he made the Dirty Dozen. Yes. And it took longer. And it was like uh, the team said, hey, come back, you know, because we got to get practice. He said no, but he's lucky it did, uh, you know, as well as it did. Yeah, well, the Cleveland Browns weren't going anywhere. Anyway. Yeah, that's true, too. 1946, here's a big one. Freddie Mercury. Happy birthday, he's Freddie. Not big anymore, unfortunately. God, what a singer. Good voice fantastic voice he could sing anything armand he could sing your type of music i don't know did he did he sing on opera yeah I, i'm sure he, he sounded like a castrati a little bit a little bit he's, he's, he's what would you call that uh what do you call high male vocal is there is there a word for that you know there's tenor well, baritone tenor, i don't know what I, else i don't know what there is above tenor that's what i'm saying castrati is basically and in 19 oh, I'm, I'm thinking Jacques gabor apparently oh well, there you go a, purport, a purported yeah, quip. but it, yeah, but Jane Fonda is the one who says it the next night. Oh yeah, yeah. She goes, "My kid is watching, and here's what he says." Said. Apocryphal, though. Yeah. So that means it's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But where's this Jane Fonda? See Jane Fonda? Yeah, it's on a Carson. Now room. here it goes. An inconsistency of detail found in repetitions of this tale. It has also been told about Raquel Welch mm-hmm. and Margaret Diane Can. Oh boy, pet her pussy. Well, and Diane Cannon's Farrah the one. Majors. Diane Cannon's the one where I always liked her. Where uh, where Johnny says, uh, you know, we've dated, and she just collapses laughing <laughs> on the set. <laughs> That's kind of an insult. <laughs> Did you see that one where Shelley Winters said? She said, I slept with you. I thought you were Jack Lemon and you thought I was somebody, some <laughs> wrong gal or something. We were so drunk, we didn't know who we were. I thought you were Jack Lemon. He goes, I slept with you? Oh, God. Uh, 1969, Dweezil Zappa. Now, the uh, guy right behind us, uh, office here, friends with Dweezil. I met him once, too. You playing, did? Yeah, he's yeah, playing uh, the landing. Frank Zappa's son? Is he a drummer? Guitarist. Okay. Man, I like. I, I. I thought he should have had a bigger career. I thought he was a good guitarist. All right. Let's uh, clean up the events. Don't eat the yellow snow. Uh, big Cold War event. Igor Gozinka, a Soviet Union clerk, embassy clerk that is, defects to Canada, and when he defects, he decides, hey, you know what? I'll expose this whole uh, espionage spy ring in North America, and uh, that's another sort of yeah. signaling I think he's the one that impl- I think of he, the Cold War yeah. starting. And I think he uh I I think he was uh Harry Hopkins was one of the guys that he implicated. Mm. Was a commie. Mm. One new dealer. They're all commies. Same but. date in nineteen forty five as uh everything from the war is wrapping up. Suspected stuff. She yeah. was. She was I'm talking about uh Tokyo Rose. Yeah. Uh is arrested in well, Yokohama. Well, read the entry as you have it. I don't know. Um, Japanese American suspected of being wartime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she got didn't. Uh, what's the what's didn't the Carter? Cr- what's the crime about a wartime propaganda? I don't know. It's not suspected though. Well, I don't know. Lord Haw got hung. <laughs> they hanged him. So I don't know how she got away with it. Remember him, Lord Haw Haw. Lord Haw Haw. Yeah. No. He was the German guy. Oh, he's the German one. Yeah. This is. I don't know, this is Berlin speaking. Berlin he, he always, yeah, he had a great voice, man. That's awesome. Mr. Churchill doesn't care. Are there You're tapes of that on stuff? The oh, yeah, Lord Hall. Oh, I got to hear In them. fact, uh, they got him in Dirty Dozen. Oh. Remember they're all listening to the radio? Yes. That gal starts singing, and, and yes. Maggie goes, keep, somebody keep that cheap wailing slut quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Lord Hall was playing the music. Savalis loses his yeah. shit when that, uh, yeah. Maggot. That cheap A.J. Maggot. He hated women. Spracken. He hated women. You harlot. So Tokyo Rose's name is Eva. Yeah. Yeah. Dakino, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Diakino, which is kind of a Filipino. She's a Filipino Filipino name. Uh, But her middle, Eva or Iva Togori 
Diakino. Kaburi. Yeah, I got a well, Japanese American, but I think uh, Carter pardoned her. Good for him. Good for Jimmy. What about Lord Haw? Uh, well, um, what was that guy's real name? Again, he's a Nazi. She's <laughs> the Japanese were better, I guess. Well, I but isn't she the one? Oh, Joe. Wouldn't she? Weren't all servicemen Joe on Tokyo Roses? Oh, oh Joe, we see you hiding in the. Oh, William just, Joyce. Damn, my, my, my memory's going, man. You're getting old. 1960. Hey, this Joyce. is the date that Cassius Clay wins the gold medal in Rome for the light heavyweight boxing. Cassius And Mark a star Stolz is Clay. born. Now, the worst trivia night thing I have ever seen is named the it's 1960 Olympic gold medalist heavyweight? in heavyweight boxing. Was that Foreman or that's uh, no Fra- Foreman, Foreman sixty eight? Yeah, he was later. I don't know if anybody that was an American. I don't and, think it uh, was one. The, the correct first of all, there's two ways they get you on this question. Ali or Cassius wins the light heavyweight. Okay, both weren't acceptable. The answer written down was Cassius Clay. Guy I know turns it in. They will not accept it. He. He said, he, he said, I almost, I've gotten in fist fights. I almost lost contest. it and was ready to turn over the tables at the trivia contest. Yeah. Well, believe me, I've had my Because they said, no, the correct answer is Muhammad Ali, which he goes, <laughs> That's correct. which is Cassius Clay. Now, do they say heavyweight, though, or light heavyweight? I don't know. Do I, don't know I don't know if they even prefaced that correctly. But Ali, the governor or the mayor of the Olympic Village. Yeah. And uh, he apparently went after Wilma Rudolph pretty hard at the 1960 games. You mean trying to get laid? Yes. Wilma Rudolph? Yes. No? Yes, because Wilma Rudolph had a great Olympics. Oh, I know. But she's a good looking. Ass. She doesn't nah, that she, oh, I think she. I, I thought Althea Gibson was better looking than her. Well, maybe. Went she was her. in. She was in the horse soldiers, remember? Oh, yeah. What, to go right. shoot me? Uh, 1969. A horrible, horrible yeah, uh, well, piece of said a, about this, the better. American history. It's the yeah. the My Lai Massacre. Where Cali. On this date, William Cowley, an American uh, Army lieutenant, is charged with six specifications of premeditated murder for the death of 109 Vietnamese civilians. Yeah, he, he lost control, man. Just yeah, they went they went nuts. Lost it. Now forward, Munich, 72. Black September attacks and takes 11 Israeli hostages at the Munich Olympic Games. Oh yeah. That begins on September 5th. Two die in the attack and nine are murdered yeah, a the of, following day. They had a couple of wrestlers, too, I think. And one American, because one of the uh, 11 Israelis was a uh, was an American with Israeli heritage who could who qualified. Yeah, that's common. And, yeah. and was uh, was indeed participating for Israel. Mm. And I believe I believe he was from Pennsylvania. Mm. So but yeah. the Jim McKay. Yeah, they're gone. Those guys out on the balcony. Those guys with the hoods on. So, the friend of mine, who was a uh, soccer player in the '72 Olympics, he was a backup. Yeah, he had been out partying, and he comes back to the Olympic Village to find it all gated and everything. And he's, "What's going on?" And the guys just say, "Hey, we got a hostage situation in there." So, anybody returning from the village out, you know, who had been out in Munich for the night. They're sit and and his name's Mike Smallwood. He 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 watched. You know that shot of the guys on out on the balcony. Yeah, he he well, sees well, it. I would think he would. Yeah, he sees it. Yeah, they asked Dan Gable when he came home. You know, you know what do you think about what do you think about uh, Munich? Well, the weather was nice, and he know what the hell they're talking about because he was on the plane. He's on already. the plane the whole yeah. time. God, yeah. God. That's, well, here's another one. Um, Lynette Frome. Know oh, what her squeaky. nickname was? Squeaky. Squeaky, yeah. In 1975, a squeaky Frome attempts to assassinate U.S. President Gerald Ford. Now, what she should have really done oh. is just let him continue to try to walk off airplanes, and uh, eventually he would have killed himself. Well, he could have left it up to Sarah Jane Moore, too. She <laughs> tried, too. <laughs> Why was there a hard-on to kill Ford? I don't know. Because He's he pardoned Nixon? To yeah, He's that's, totally that's good. harmless. Well, this gal's sitting outside, uh, you know, the L.A. courthouse carving X's into her head and stuff. So she's a little nutty. But she she eventually got paroled, I think, like yeah. 2010 or something. They let her yeah, go. Well, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Squeaky from. Was she yeah. part of the Manson yeah, thing? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. She, uh, Charlie. Jesus. 
she was Charlie's bitch, man. Oh, man. Uh, 1977, Voyager 1 launched. Yeah, I think it's the first to exit the heliosphere. Oh. It's out of it's technically... Uh, Into deep, deep space. Well, interstellar space. Interstellar I don't space. they call it that yeah. deep. Um, and Superficial in, space. And in 1978, the uh, the Camp David Accords, as they came to be known. Yeah. The, He's actually accomplished something, I guess. Yeah, this is President Carter getting Israel and Egypt to sit down. Menachem Begin. Menachem. Menachem. Yeah. And Anwar Sadat. Yeah. Uh, That's this why is the blown date away. that they begin the peace discussions at Camp David in Maryland. And, of course, that would lead to his assassination, Sadat's assassination, yeah. in 1981. Yeah, Rabin got killed, and he wasn't there. I don't know, he might have been there, but he wasn't prime minister. No, no, no. He got killed in 94? It's Itzhak. Or 95, I think. Itzhak Rabin, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the date that, the world, the event that affects the world we live in the most? Hmm. Yeah. I... I don't think it's the beard tax. Yeah, no. It's might not the, not might the be Continental Congress. I not I don't think so either. It might be the French at uh helping us out there I defeat the British Treaty the of Portsmouth, man. I think. Battle of Chesapeake. Treaty of Portsmouth because that's what led the Japanese to think they were invincible navy it's and that's true. what led to uh well they signed the, the pact with I can the, I can tell you the, the thing that most, World War 1. I can tell you the thing that most changed entertainment in America and that's the forward pass in football. Mm-hmm. Ros- Roscoe Arbuckle and Roscoe changed Ar- Hollywood. He sure did change Hollywood cuz that's the first big Hollywood scandal. Those two yeah. things contribute a lot to our daily entertainment. Yeah, that's in this what led country. to Hollywood being Sin City and everything. Wallace Reed and his uh, you know, his narcotics addiction and all these other it all came down, man. Well, we wrap things up today with who died. Well, you well, already mentioned Crazy Horse. I did. So. Crazy Horse That's died in 1877, killed by the, bayoneted by the U.S. soldier. Jochen Rint. No, the, wait a minute. You go way too far. Let's see. Well, I got I only, 1906, I Ludwig Boltzmann. Oh, Ludwig Boltzmann, please. Ludwig Boltzmann's constant. Here it is, 1.38065 times 10 to the negative 23 joules per Kelvin. So uh, that's in a... Uh, Second law of thermodynamics. Uh, basically, his equation is S equals K L N W. S being entropy, of course. Second law of thermodynamics. You know, one of those pesky laws that the global warming theory neglects and uh, flouts. 1902, Rudolf Virchow. Now you don't know what Virchow's triad is, but one of our listeners would. Cliff Greenbaum knows what it is. Virchow's tri- triad is uh, um, uh, a triad of uh, three three. Um, possible uh symptoms that can lead to an embolism uh and their uh Virchow's triad is uh hypercoagulability uh hemodynamic changes endothelial injury basically all these things can lead to embolism now Rudolf here is very interesting to me because he's the he's uh father of pathology yes the father of modern pathology I did a bunch of autopsy they still do his technique in autopsies apparently yeah, uh, brought much more science to medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, founder of social medicine, veterinary pathology, not socialized medicine. No, no, social medicine. Right, that's Obama. Uh, yeah, veterinary pathology. Uh, colleague called him the Pope of medicine. How about that? Yeah, the Pope. That's interesting. Yeah, he's Frank's, the Frank Sinatra of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Rudolf Virchow. He did, God did a lot of did yeah. a lot with cell. Uh, theory. Oh yeah, and here's cell. A, here's a, all cells come from cells. Hmm. Thanks, Rudy. That, yeah. That's that's good stuff. Nothing from nothing. Nothing comes of nothing. That's Shakespeare. Uh, he anyway. Uh, that's he's respond, talking about, about spontaneous this? generation. This? this is no. This is an important one. Because again, I omitted well, this guy. Yeah, you didn't put him down. But Virchow uh, identifies in 1845 a blood disease. Uh, he would name it leukemia. Leukemia. Yeah. Wow. Ahead of his time, that guy. Way. Virchow, Virchow's triad. Now, That's what uh, we learn in podiatry. Who else do you have there, Armand? Well, Boltzmann, we already talked about. Oh, and Boltzmann, by the way, hanged himself. Oh. I, don't know what, I don't know why. What happened to him? That's shame. He went a little nutty. Nineteen. Oh no! Now this is another Hollywood scandal. Nineteen thirty-two. Uh, well, I got somebody from fifteen forty-eight. Who am I? Who am I? Oh, got- Catherine Parr. God, how do we forget her? Queen of England? Queen of England. Ever heard of her? Yes, I have. You know, yeah. Catherine Todd. Parr, Henry VIII's last wife I got, I got news for you. There's a wife, there's a, a queen or, or a pope who dies on every day. Of yeah, the year. but not an English queen. And not lying like this one. She was married four times. She's got the record for queens of England. Hmm. 
four times. Anyway, she out she outlived him. Good friend. Now she this probably had more to do with anything because uh, she made him um, basically he had disowned Elizabeth and Mary, and she said, "Listen, you got to put them back in succession because Edward." You know, they thought he was going to rule forever or, you know, 70 years or another Louis the Fourteenth, or pre, presaging Louis the Fourteenth. Edward died when he was like 17, Edward the Sixth, And who took the throne then? Mary Queen, you know, Mary yeah. Tudor and then Elizabeth. So she, she's the one that kind of engineered the uh, rapprochement between he and his daughters, between him and his daughters. So she's an important woman. And she's not as she's depicted in a lot of these movies. What, wearing a flea collar? Just a nag, you know. Don't Henry, don't eat that chicken leg, you know. And, you know, it gives you gout. You know, so she's not the typical wife. She's actually a nice lady. So she's, she's not the typical yeah, wife. She's actually Right, nice. obedient and servile. All right. But anyway, very well educated apparently too. Uh, so that's uh, Catherine Parr. Uh, let's uh, quite a change after Catherine Howard, who's uh, banging at people. And, yeah. You know, anyway, well, you got to change it up. You got to, yeah. You know, you got to get a little variety. Right. Thomas Culpepper, you know. So anyway, 1932. Now this was a Hollywood scandal. Paul Byrne. Yeah, Paul Byrne here, the German American actor, screenwriter, director, producer, screenwriter, yeah. yada yada yada. Pretty big time, big time. You know, he and Thalberg made Grand Hotel together. Uh, he was, you know, he's pretty big shot guy at MGM. So, so he married pretty well. Gene Harlow. Harleen Carpenter, her mm-hmm. compatier. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so apparently the guy's impotent. I don't know about that, but uh, gay, impotent, or both. Uh, whether they actually con- consummated the uh, marriage, I'm not sure. Anyway, he leaves this weird note. Can Last I read, night can was I a comedy, it? something like that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of used to have it all. Well, here's how it starts. Dear is dear. That's, you know, Unfor- well, she was dear to him. Unfortunately, because he misspelled it. Sick. Mm-hmm. I hope there's a sick bite. There that. is. This is the only way to make good the frightful wrong I have done you and to wipe out my abject humiliation. I love you, Paul. Yeah. You understood that last night was only a comedy. That's, yeah. his, that's his postscript, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that pretty much mystified the cops. Anyway, the butler found him, as is the usual way. Doesn't call the cops, calls... No, call the studio. Louis B. Mayer. Yeah, hey, hey, Louis B., got a problem over here. So apparently Mayer and uh, who else went over there? I think Salberg went with him. And I think the other guy, one of their, one of their, uh, the, the guy before, uh, you know, Eddie Manx was there. Uh, this guy was another, uh, Hendry is this guy's name, W.P. Hendry. And they go over there and I don't know, for two hours they're messing around doing something, getting the place ready before they just, they deign to call the cops. And then that note, and uh, there's a lot of weird things. This guy apparently was still technically married to somebody else, a common law marriage with his ex-wife. Uh, Dorothy Millette, I think her name was. Hmm. Uh, she committed suicide two, day, two days later. Hopped off a steamboat or something uh, up in San Francisco to Sacramento. Uh, there's, of course, a bullet hole in his head. Nobody knows there any powder burns on him or anything. They dispose of everything real quick. And uh, well, Here's what his wife tells the grand jury. And the police. You talk about Harlow? Yes. Okay. I know nothing. Yeah. Well, that's John Banner. She never publicly spoke about the matter, and then she'd be dead five years later. Yeah, but she just, yeah, she had peritonitis. So I think she, hers was legitimate. But this guy, we don't know about, but that was kind of a scandal in the 30s, 32. So they reopened the investigation in 1960 on this. This yeah. is really. Well, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Wasn't it Howard Koch or somebody wrote something? I Supposedly knew somebody that knew somebody that was there. Or so something. yeah, a screenwriter named Ben Hecht. Oh Ben Hecht, yeah. Uh, and then Ben Hecht. Oh, how about this? The nineteen 1960- who won the Academy Award for uh, Casablanca. Wow, Ben Hecht. Yeah. The nineteen sixty uh, November issue of Playboy um, questions the official verdict and uh, causes the case uh, to have renewed interest. Suggested that uh, Byrne had been murdered by an unnamed woman, possibly his wife, and no. that the investigation into Byrne's death was a suicide whitewash. Well, I'll buy that. Um, let's, let's see now. Okay, 1997, George, Sir George Salty. I think it was a sir. I don't Was he a sir? I think he was. Well, you know why this guy, you know what trivia question is answered to? Who has a record for winning the most Grammys? Wow. Here's your man, 31. Jeez. Sir George Salty in the Chicago Symphony. Wow. Yep. I would have guessed it was someone affiliated with Abbey Road as a producer. Yeah, well, you're wrong, Because Abbey Road has done a lot more than just the Beatles and Pink Floyd. Well, not more than Sir George Salty. That's, that's impressive. What else uh, you got? Also in 1997, Mother Teresa. 
Mm. Who's now a saint. Who uh, Ocho Man will swear to God she's Armenian, right? Yes. <laughs> We've had that uh, mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. a few times. And uh, a lot of people have written a lot about this that uh, not that great a person. See, she believed that suffering was good. Well, so she was wrong. Um, well, she probably suffered. There's a theological way to look at that. Um, did she immolate herself? No, 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 no. I mean, she she worked with the poor. Yeah, she did, but right. uh, there's working with the poor, and then there's trying to alleviate poverty. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, communist. Well, there you, that's you, the only way. You, no, there, no, it's, it's not. So darn capitalists. No, no, it's not. Well, how do you alleviate poverty? I want to know. What's the lady supposed to do? Well, you introduce, you introduce education. You bring in the elements of capitalism. Oh, I thought it was government. No. It was Keynesian economics. No, would no. Save again, us all. again, the assumptions of you conservatives are, are just beggars the imagination. That's not the word, anyway. It's beggars. Okay, it beggars the imagination. That's a, that's a kind of stone weed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but now here's a conservative lady who, yeah, uh, who died. One. one of the good ones, Phyllis yeah, Shaft. Too bad, I like her. Died on September the fifth, twenty sixteen. What do you have against conservatism when it's lower taxes? I don't. Like, I, how well, many times? Scoff. I'm, I'm not. I'm not you getting use into that as this. A pejorative I, I, term. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> what I have noticed in yes. the past ten years. Ten. Yes. All? Starting with the election of twenty oh eight. All right. That's when it began. All right. It had begun before then, but it got ramped up. Okay. And with the advent of social media. Okay. I, I recognize one side always leaping to an assumption. My assumption is that uh, liberals want more government, and they think it's the answer to everything. Yeah. Where I think it's the problem. Yeah. And that's what Reagan said in the 80s. So. He did. He, matter of okay, fact, so it's not the, the 2008. The problem is you guys, well, not you guys, but no. people that have that particular I, I, philosophy I are getting more and more I powerful it's a misnomer because that, it's Republicans and Democrats. I think That's it, the problem. I, I think it's a misnomer that one side wants more government. Well, they all they, do. They Both all sides. do. Thank you. I just said Thank that. you. Thank right. you. Because all I heard from every Republican nominee in my lifetime who does that bullshit claim of less government, no, it's more. It's yeah, more. That's true. But then I hear that bullshit from the Democrats that we want more efficient government and less government. They want less, as I recall Clinton doing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so did they make it work? Nope. Well, that's because they don't want it. They don't want neither side wants less government. No, it's not good for them. Well, You're a politician. You don't. So they're not true conservatives, though. Are, you want a what, Republican what, and what conservative you, hey, are not what, synonymous. What do you need to get elected, regardless Money. of your party? Money and what else? Uh, the ability to grant jobs. Mm, yeah, you need that. patronage. I don't know. You in this do- day and age, I don't think you need the pay. You need the patronage by what are you going to give people? They don't want a job. They want gimmies. I don't think you want to grant jobs. You grant, you know, you well, grant the pork. Way, the way it used to be was patronage. Right. Well, it used to be. Now it's not. It's like, what can you give me? You know, cell phones. Uh, don't take away my social security, my disability, whatever. But. But I'm just saying, I, I just object to you saying conservatives and Repu- I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. Yes, you're a conservative. That's fine. You yeah. still, and you I said, I, you leap to a lot of assumptions about what what you identify well, as people it's on the left. difficult to reconcile things you say one day when things you say the next day. Well, you should ask. <laughs> should then ask. I really get confused. No, there's. I'm, I'm very clear on things. Yeah, your answers are what befuddle no, me. No, I'm very clear. You, you, you have an issue listening, <laughs> no, which right. I understand. You're clearly wrong. I'll grant you that. I, I, right. I understand that sometimes it's, it's hard to listen. It took me two years I guess I'm for, just too obtuse. for you to admit that the earth was actually getting warmer. Uh, it's not. If no, I no, did, you, I don't not, admit it now. Yeah, you've came off that. I told you it's going to be cooler for the next 20 years. I remember where you heard that the first time. Uh, let me tell you. Solar I'd, minimum, I'd, man. Can, can you do something about the humidity? <laughs> because <laughs> No, <laughs> you can't do anything about anything. Damn it. What humidity? You because we live in the swamp here last, in the, last week. In you the were Midwest. You it were was rhapsodizing here. about St. Louis weather. Yes, because we're going to be overrun with tourists. Yeah, because if we had this weather all the time, we couldn't afford to live What's here. How high supposed to be? Like seventy three. Seventy all week. Yeah. Oh. What do you want? That this had enough. This I love it. Give me more. <laughs> 
l'état c'est moi. Armand is the, we are the state of the weather. All right, no more Frenchies. No, no more French quotations. September 5th is in the books. Thanks for tuning in, folks. There's a lot of history that was covered today, and we appreciate you listening. For producer Brian Crock and our show writer Corey Smith, uh, and for my co-host in crime, Armand Kachigian, I'm Tony Hubert. When September 6th rolls around, we will be here to tell you about it at lineupmedia.fm. Until then, hey, don't forget, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash This Day in History podcast. And, of course, subscribe on Twitter, I'm sorry, on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, any major podcast outlet will do. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and thanks for tuning in. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 